Welcome back, listeners, to episode seven, season two of Everywhere We Go. Uh, I'm your host, Will Corsalis, and today I'm joined by Mr. Ollie Radford. Hello, William. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Recording this on a Wednesday morning. It's um, beautiful. Well, well, it's not at all, actually. Um, also, Charles Orchard is here with me. Morning, Will. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I, I don't know what the extent of language we can use on this podcast, but I'm pissed off. <laughs> Tuchel went about an hour and a half ago. Of course, we will cover on it, but... First I'm reaction, little, first I'm, I'm first a little thoughts. bit deflated, to be honest. Yeah? I mean, obviously, tough loss, well, loss last night against Zagreb. I'm, I've heard it's unrelated that uh, the board just don't like yeah, him. Yeah, maybe the board was looking at his um, draft fantasy output yeah. for the players, <laughs> thinking, look, you're not pulling your weight here, Thomas. I need more goals from quick, Mount. Quick thing on the sequel thing. First first person, just instant reaction of who you'd want in to take over. I, I mean, you probably, may think- I mean, there's just... There aren't a lot of elite managers at the moment that I would go for. I don't. I'm, I don't, I'm not moved by like Zidane or Pochettino, so it'd probably be Potter. Yeah, personally, mm. but I, I think it's a downgrade on Tuchel. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been pretty shocking to be honest. Obviously, Brighton high flying at the moment, as we will get onto. But guys, uh, we've got a whole host of fixtures coming up this week uh, for your draft league. Um, so let's kick it off right away with City against Spurs. Charles. Yes, sir. City against Spurs. Yeah, it's a huge game. Second against third. Correct, yeah. I mean, wow. Spurs did the double in this fixture last season, scored four goals against City. Both sides unbeaten in their last five encounters. I, I would say avoid defenders in this game, apart from your yeah. fullbacks, like your creative fullbacks, Cancelo and Perisic, notably. But there have been so many goals in City's games this season. Exactly. It's got 14 in three games at the Etihad so far. Mm. I mean, Grealish, Haaland, and Foden started up top for their midweek. Yeah, they're, they're beginning to get a little bit more consistency with their picks. Obviously, Champions League might be a little bit of a one-off. Grealish starter. I wouldn't expect him to start this no. weekend. But they seem a little bit more consistent across the board, actually, with who they pick. There's less pet rotation, dare I say it, so far this season. <laughs> yeah. So maybe... Tempting fate there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, recently, me and Ollie um, uh, undertook a trade. Yeah, we did. And... Uh... Involved City and Spurs. It did, actually, yeah. So, obviously, like we just mentioned, the uh, Grealish starting. I gave Will Mares, And yesterday, seeing that lineup, I looked it looked at my team going, oh, <laughs> I definitely need to start Mares. Went there. He wasn't there anymore. No. Um, and I traded also Ben Davis for Matt Target. Yeah. Um, I should mention I got Bowen back for Yeah, he Mahrez. did. He did. Um, but uh, Spurs have only kept two clean sheets this season, one at home to Wolves and one away at Notting Forest. Yeah, and I would say um, there's a broader discussion to be had that both teams have very good strikers. Yeah. There's been a kind of like return of the number nine so far this season. I'm sure Definitely. we'll touch on that in further detail. So you're, you're looking at your no-brainers, probably Harlan and Kane. They're the two main kind of point getters so far. Yeah. Do you think Alvarez gets minutes in this? I'm an Alvarez owner. Probably not. He won't start, I wouldn't have thought. It depends no. how the game's playing out. They haven't really looked to manage Haaland's workload as of yet. It's no. Been, it's, it's been pretty busy start to the season so far. They've had some tough games, but he seems to just be ploughing through 90 minutes. Yeah. Diaz and Akanji started um, for City in the Champions League. It's very good, I'm told. Mm. Um, I don't think they'll throw him into the fray as early as Saturday against the likes of Kane, Son and Kulazewski. Yeah. Uh, notable on Kulazewski, actually, Richarlison started in his yeah. place against Fulham last weekend. 
and I got told he looked very good, very threatening. He did. He Quite did. a downfall for that, that Kulisevsky yeah, you know, first yeah. start of the season sort of thing. Ake returning, Charles? Fantastic, fantastic. No, no, do, do you know what? He's looked very good so far this season. Um, obviously, you've got Laporte out, who's the usual left-sided defender. Stones has also got a little niggling injury as well. And yeah, he's looked solid so far this season. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, guys, moving on to Fulham against Chelsea. I mean, we've got a Fulham fan and a Chelsea fan in the room here. I mean, yeah. qu- in quite different moods at the moment, I must admit. Yeah. Very different body language as well. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, how are you feeling for this game? Um, do you know what? I was, I don't want to say it, but somewhat quietly confident. Right. Um, if I'm being honest, even before the sacking. Yeah. Um, purely because so far at home, we've played Brentford, Liverpool and Brighton. And we've got two wins and a draw out of that so far. Uh-huh. It's obviously at the cottage. So quietly confident going in because uh, we played really well there. And Chelsea, obviously, this season haven't exactly had the best of starts. No. I mean, no-brainers here for you. Uh, no-brainers, obviously, Mitrovic for Fulham. Yeah. Um, Andreas as well, taking those set pieces. Yeah. Uh, from a Chelsea standpoint, I'd say Sterling, he's had an XG of 2.5 and an expected assist of 1.1 so far this season. Yeah. And James has the highest expected assist for Chelsea with 1.2. So I'd really, really say those two, but I expect both teams to score. So I wouldn't really go near the defenders bar James just for that attacking output. But, Someone to mention, which Charles, you can talk about, is Chilwell. Yeah, um, he offers a very different kind of threat to Kukurea. I think Kukurea in possession is fantastic. He's probably one of our best players in that respect. Yeah. So technically secure. But he seldom kind of like bombs forward. He's a proper left back. He's not really a wing back. I don't think the system suits him that well if we're playing a back five. Yeah. Whereas Chilwell can look a little bit shaky on the ball, but it's his off-ball movement and positioning which really kind of like adds another dimension to our game. Uh, they're both fantastic players. And Chilwell, again, looked a little bit threatening in midweek in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, obviously came on against West Ham, picked up a goal and assist. Really changed the game in that respect. Just off the bat, how do you think this sacking is going to influence your Chelsea assets? I mean, in the short term, not that much. I don't think we could have gotten any worse, really. I mean, I personally would have would have stuck with Tuchel because I think he would have turned it around but Fulham will score mm. I'm convinced Fulham will score it's just about picking which player is going to do it Yeah. and, as, and as Ollie alluded to I think Mitrovic has got a pretty high chance of doing that like our, our defenders last night you know Fafana, Koulibaly they, they just look really bad they got bullied by these like you know Zagreb players like no disrespect to them I'd never heard of them before so you know you've got like a proven Premier League striker Mitrovic scored what five this season already six six this season yeah. XG of 4.8 was I, I can see Fulham scoring, scoring yeah. a couple here I mean obviously Chelsea have just signed a new striker Aubameyang and why don't we now just I mean it's all over Twitter all over all these podcasts the Aubameyang Anthony debate I want you two to settle it well before I was all up for Aubameyang because I was like he's worked with Tuchel everything I think I still just about edge Aubameyang but right. I think now I for me personally, because Aubameyang's a forward and yeah. Anthony's a midfielder, I think you look at your team and you go, what do I need? Yeah. If you've got a good... So for me, I've got five what I like starting midfielders, mm. but I could do with a striker, so I'm going to want Aubameyang more. Yeah, yeah, because, see, see, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I've got exactly. three very good strikers. Obviously, it sounds simplistic, but you only have five, you've got five midfielders and three strikers. You want three strikers who are going to be starting week in, week out. Aubameyang... 
he was kind of quite involved in a lot of our build-up play in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, probably should have scored a couple, but then after about half an hour, he looked a little bit sort of like lacking match fitness. Right. I just don't think he's going to start the next 30 Premier League games, whereas Anthony, he looked good, looked sharp against Arsenal. A lot of Ten Hag's kind of like three behind the striker are getting into threatening positions. He's yeah. seems to have worked on that quite a lot, whether it be Sancho, um, even Alanga when he was playing, obviously Bruno. So I would say Anthony for me. Anthony for you? Uh... <laughs> I'm still going to go about Miang. Still going to go about um, Split down I, the middle. I, one thing to say about Fulham, though, yeah. is they obviously deadline day got Willian in and they got Dan James in. Yeah. Um, I would expect at least one of them to start over Niskins Cabano, probably more likely Dan James to start there. I just wonder if right now could be a good time to trade for some of your Chelsea assets. Yeah, I think I think a lot also depends on what sort of manager comes in. Definitely. If you've got more of a defensive manager, I mean, you've got the defensive talent there, maybe go get some of the defenders in if you've got a more attacking or expansive manager yeah i think with you know Aubameyang especially and sterling and people like that mount maybe go after those players definitely want to keep an eye on anyway moving on to leicester against villa Leicester against Villa, Charles. Yeah, it's going to be a shocking encounter. <laughs> I mean, like I two, don't know why two... I've got this this high up on the on the. Yeah, on the let me points. talk about the Leicester form. Look at that, <laughs> oh. just losses, five losses. It's in like a row. some sort of murder scene. I'm seeing <laughs> so much red. No, two two good squads. Let's have it right, but yeah. two like shockingly out of form team. Um, Leicester bottom of the league. I I had you know Rogers favourite for the sack, but obviously <laughs> that's changed from this morning's news. Um, they've been really poor defensively, in particular Leicester. I always think like Again, mm. I, I always think if they're like a goal down or something, they've got the attacking talent to kind of like reduce the deficit in Madison and Vardy. But their defence is not helping them. Fofana to Chelsea just adds to their defensive issues. Got one yeah. clean sheet in their last twelve Premier League games. 16 goals conceded this season. That's only worsened by Bournemouth. They've obviously got a new centre-back in to replace Fafana, but just the way Leicester's been playing, I think you've got to at least give it a few weeks for him to settle into that team and at least see if there's potential that they're going to start getting some clean sheets. Yeah, I mean, statistically, Charles, these two sides are awful as well. Yeah, correct. Um, Leicester's XGA is 9.1 and Villa 9.6. That's 14th and 15th, respectively. But... um, particularly bad their xg is 5.5 less so that's 17th in the league and villa 4.5 which is 19th so two sides who are yeah. really kind of like struggling to gel in these early stages one one player to keep an eye on there ollie pats and dacker yeah i've got him in the uh, draft twitter league actually. oh nice yeah draft him in beginning of the season uh, i've got a bit <laughs> of hate for that um bit ahead of yourself how yeah. are we doing in the draft twitter league by the way uh got another win this week good yeah where are we yeah. in the league i believe we are fifth at the well joint fourth let's put it like that okay. <laughs> um and actually playing third this week i believe huge I can't, game can't remember exactly who it is but i know i'm playing third and i'd obviously go up level on points for them on 12 points yeah. if i get the win but pass and dacca but pass and dacca anyway back to that uh they played a two up top uh, yeah. The theme of four four two coming back. <laughs> Marco Silva has inspired the league um, with the four four two. So he played Patson Dacker up there, who was a bit more well. Him and Ian Atro both were sort of dropping off, dovetailing, one going in behind, one dropping short. Yeah, I did actually quite like how they played together, and I think Rogers was mainly just like he needed a big shake up in the Leicester attack at least. Yeah. 
um, because it just wasn't working really for them. No, I mean, Madison hasn't returned in three games and over those three games, he's an XG of 0.2 and an XA of 0, which is quite concerning. Yeah. But with, with Dakar and Ian Atch coming back, could be some pickups here? Yeah, definitely. I'd say, I'd say the one to prefer, I, I'd rather have would be Dakar. Yeah. Um, I think he's got more potential. I love Ian Atcho, people know. I love Ian Atcho. <laughs> I think he's unbelievable. Yeah. But I think Dakar is probably the most likely to play. Nice. Speaking of Leicester strikers, Vardy scored four goals in his last five against Villa, but none this season. Hmm. What do we make of his performances so far? I mean, his his drop-off was always going to come, and it was always why I was quite reticent or uh, hesitant to draft him in. Yeah. And then inevitably go and score 15 goals, and I'd be looking at myself like, oh, you idiot. Yeah. However, it does feel like this season could be He's 35 now. Yeah. No, he's not. Yeah, he's 35. <laughs> oh. He's, you know, what a stat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you come for the hot stat of the week. Charles, so Villa got a, an inspiring uh, draw against City. Yes. But that don't let that fool you. No, no. Uh, this is still a team that's very much failed to gel in the first sort of half dozen Premier League games. Uh, Gerald is obviously looking behind his back. This is a kind of like a... I'm not saying either of these teams are going to get relegated, but this is an early relegation zone six-pointer. Six yeah. Um, Leon Bailey obviously scored against... Uh, City, but you only had an XG of 0.2 and that was their only XG of the game. If you had to call this, what would you say? Do you know what? If, if I'm Leicester being, have got to get a result at some all point. All we've been doing is just been slagging off these two teams. If, if, like, if, if I'm being honest, for me, this game comes down to who's going to put the ball in the net because, <laughs> like, who... The thing the thing is, is that they're both teams have not been good, but for me, I think it comes down to Ollie Watkins for Villa. I mean, I'm a bit biased yeah, being Villa, a Watkins owner. Have, I mean, both defences are shocking, but Villa have failed to score more than one goal in all of their games so far this season. Yeah. I just feel like they... they I don't know why. I just look at that Villa attack and I think, do you know what? It's not bad. Mm. He may go for the Ings and Watkins. I wouldn't be surprised if he oh went God. to that again. Not that again. Um, and just made sure that they at least score. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, guys, to Palace against United. Will, Palace United, what are we thinking about this? United with a great result. Great result against Arsenal, as painful as it is to say. Um, very effective in front of goal. Very effective in their game plan in general, Ollie. Um, obviously, Rashford last four games has been on fire. 10, 3, 6 and 18. Uh, this season, he's got an XG of 2.1 and an XA of 1.1, which has come to three goals and two assists. Ericsson against Arsenal was quite promising if you're an Ericsson owner. It was. Um, really incisive passes, one assist, 11 final third passes, two key passes and 76% pass accuracy, capping off that man of the match performance. I am an Ericsson owner. Yeah. How are you and, feeling? Well, to be honest, he started every game. He's played 90 minutes most games, which is something I did not expect. No. Um, but he's been playing very deep, Ericsson. He I has been. I wouldn't let that kind of, you know, line-breaking run against a very high Arsenal line yeah. when 2-1 down for you because yes he's playing very well but he's been playing as a central midfielder uh -huh. not as kind of like a 10 as he did for Brentford he's on set pieces which is good mm. but United seldom score from set pieces so as you've as you found out Will I've been trying to trade away for Ericsson recently off the back yeah. of that good performance because I don't think he'll really kind of contribute that many goals and assists in the future no that's good that's a fair point I mean also Ronaldo came on for the last um, bit of the game against Arsenal obviously Arsenal defensively were all over the place at that point um, but had a few chances and with Martial out 
Um, hopefully he gets some points. He's in my team. Um, but aside from City coming up, United have got some pretty favourable fixtures, which should be nice for Ten Hag's boys. But moving on to Palace quickly, Palace had an XGA of 2.7 against Newcastle. Um, and an XG of 1.1. They were very lucky to come away with a nil-nil draw. In terms of draft, though, Mateta started the last two, has the second highest XG per 90 in the team, with 0.57. Yeah, I think he's a great player. Obviously came in last year. I think has settled now a bit. Yeah. Um, didn't start the season. Edward started the season. Uh-huh. Um, and actually, annoyingly, in the Twitter league, I originally drafted <laughs> Mateta, got him out for Edward, and now I'm like, well... Should have, should have stuck with stuck with my 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 beliefs, but um, no, I, th- I think realistically, when it comes to Palace, you're just wanting Zaha in there. Mm. Um, maybe Eze as well. Yeah, and Mateta maybe for a third for a third choice striker. I think is not. Yeah, a Mateta shout. looks a lot more authoritative in his play at the moment. There's a chance against Newcastle. We got it. Kind of jinxed past a few yeah. players. Certainly playing with a little bit more confidence compared to last season. Ollie, I was going to ask you. Um, you mentioned Zaha. Yeah. Would you rather have Zaha or Rashford going forward this season? Wow. Um, <laughs> that is that is a tough question. I would say. Big I would pause. say I would I would prefer Zaha purely because he's also on penalties. Really. I think that sways it for you. I think yeah. I think it'll be close. I think Rashford from open play will be slightly better. He's also playing as the number nine at the moment. Yeah. The question is, is when Martial comes back, is he gonna get moved to the wing? And if he does get moved to the wing, does he then start over Sancho and Anthony? I don't know. Rashford takes penalties though as well. No, Bruno Fernandez takes them. I that that's the only reason why. Yeah, is I'm just like he Zaha on pens and it's just I. That, I think, will just maybe nick it. It's a very close one. What about you, Charles? No, I would go for Rashford, personally. Why is that? I think he's done enough to prove that he is capable of fulfilling that number nine role for United. He's a midfielder as well. Midfielders who play up front, you know, you think of like Jota last season, they're priceless. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Everyone had doubts about Rashford, quite justifiably, Mm. at the start of the season. But I think he's kind of proved the doubters wrong a little bit based on a small sample size, I'll admit. But they've had some tough fixtures in those games and the fixtures are getting easier for United. I think in the short term anyway, next kind of like half a dozen games, I would go Rashford. It'll be interesting because most teams won't approach United the way that Arsenal approached United. Yeah. They won't come at them, try and dominate the ball, try and you know really take the game to them. Most teams will sit off them, I imagine. And it'll be interesting to see how Rashford adapts to that. Whereas I think Zaha, Palace's games are pretty a bread and butter sort of. He's just nailed yeah. down his position there. Who have you got this week? My oddball listeners, this week is none other than Brennan, Brent, Brendan, Brendan. I feel like that's a girl's name. Brendan Aronson. Is it Brendan Aronson? I'm, I'm, well, I'm reading it now. I always assumed it was Aaron A. Aronson. Who? From Hot Fuzz. No, no. Is it not? Okay. Um. Anyway, he's obviously playing for Leeds. Um, he is playing for Leeds. He's now moved into the number 10 role with Rodrigo out injured and Sinistera starting on the right wing. Um, he has so far this season got 2 1, 8, 1, 5, and 2 points. So I think he hopefully will up his productivity in the uh-huh. next coming weeks. Um, Leeds do also have some nice fixtures. They've got Forest at home, Villa at home, Palace away. They've always got United away in that mix as well. But I think he's definitely a player that you can... If, if someone's got him, you can definitely trade for. But get him in, get some points. Nice, thanks, Al. Uh, moving on, though, to Arsenal against Everton. Well, yeah. Arsenal v Everton. Yeah. How are we feeling about this off the back of uh, 
a loss last week. Very confident still. Um, yep. The United loss hasn't got me down at all. Bubble not burst fully. <laughs> to be honest, uh, I thought we played really well and um, United took advantage of our game plan effectively, but I, I didn't see that much fault aside from the rash Arteta substitution at 70 minutes. The only question in terms of draft is Arsenal's defensive capabilities. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. There's, there's kind, you're kind of under this illusion that Arsenal is kind of like perfect playing team, which to be fair, you've been very good so far this season. But um, you haven't kept that many clean sheets so far. No, I mean, we failed to keep a clean sheet in the last eight home games in the Prem. And uh, weirdly, we've conceded more goals than Everton have this season, seven to six. But saying that, I think now White is going to be transitioned out of the side for Tomiyasu. Do you reckon? I don't think he had necessarily had a poor game against United, but I just think that Tommy, they know that Tomiyasu offers a lot more with the ball going forward, which is what we'll want against Everton. Um, so you would say if you're a White owner, transfer away. Definitely. And I think, to be honest, try and pick up Tomiyasu in your waiver-wise. I mean, I have been saying it for a while, but I really do think it's going to happen now. How are you feeling about Everton on the counter? Anthony Gordon, smash and grab. They obviously, obviously they've did. kind of been good in their big games so far this yeah. season. Against Liverpool, they just nailed the plan. Yeah, I mean, against Liverpool, they just sat back and, I mean, really, you know, hold on for dear life. Pickford made eight save against, saves against Liverpool. I mean, Onana had an absolute stormer of a game. Uh, and Tarkovsky and Cody are first and third for clearances this year. Um, but I just don't see them getting a result here, to be honest. Um, but I'm just not sure what players you want. I mean, DCL's coming back, maybe. Really? Yeah. Um, he might be back for this for this game. Uh, in terms of Arsenal injuries, though, to mention, uh, Smith Rowe um, apparently injured in the warm down yeah. after the United game, which is quite... The warm down a- after yeah. he got injured. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. It's like the exclusive reason you do the warm down. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. to, to prevent these <laughs> things from happening. But um, uh, some better news on the party injury. Hopefully he'll be back um, for around the international break at the end of the month. So not missing as much time as we thought. What do we think of Malpay up front for Everton? I just don't. I can never get behind it. See, I thought like, you know, I think that was his first game in a Merseyside derby. I think he fashioned a few very good chances. His finishing was missed. a little bit... Yeah, sure. His finishing was a little bit abject. You've got one of the best keepers in the world um, sure. to, to beat. I think for a, for a debut, for a Merseyside derby, considering it was like three or four days after he joined, yeah. I'd be encouraged by that. Yeah. If you're a Mope owner, I, I mean, he's... Realistically, I think <laughs> he's starting. This, yeah, this yeah. game, at least, he's starting. I would, I would presume. And as we said, considering Arsenal's clean sheet record in recent fixtures, especially these kind of fixtures at home, you, yeah. like the kind of like unassuming, you know, they, they had Fulham, they had Villa at home, and it's just like, okay, that's going to be a 3-0. And they're kind of like iffy 2-1s where they get kind of like, it's sort of a goal out of nothing. I mean, you know, don't be surprised if Malpe gets some decent chances. Yeah, I understand the point, but like against Fulham, ultimately you can see the goal for Gabriel messing about at the back. I mean, obviously Fulham had chances, I mean, Villa scored direct from a corner and had no other chances apart from that. So I just don't, I don't think the lack of clean sheets is necessarily reflective of a poor defence. Um, I think it's just one of those things that they'll correct throughout the season. However, I, I mean, you make a good point. Everton could come away with a goal here. I mean, one question I want to pose to you guys is do you, and I've been seeing um, thrown about on Twitter a bit, should you sell high on your Arsenal players right now? Potentially defenders. I mean, I'm a Gabriel owner. I understand what you're saying about the whole clean sheet front and everything like that, but I think that's sort of gone when party's gone as well. They don't have that as solid yeah, screen right. in front. I, I mean, I personally, for me, I, I'd hold tight. I think Arsenal are going to end the season one of the best defences and one of the best teams in the league. Mm. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. I personally, and then again, with, with them being one of the best teams, I don't know where you'd sort of trade to get value from. 
Yeah. I don't know, you know, it's not like you've got a lower team, say a Brighton, a Wolves or something like that, and their players are doing well. And maybe you can get one of those sort of top five, top six teams players. You're, you've already got players from one of those top teams. So I, I personally, I wouldn't trade away from them. One thing to worry about for Arsenal, um, upcoming fixtures are a little bit tough. Brentford away, followed by Spurs at home and then Liverpool at home. Big games for them. Uh, Everton, though, have got West Ham coming up and then Southampton and United. So maybe some points coming for them. Uh, moving on, though, to Leeds against Forest. Leeds against Forest, Ollie. How are you feeling for this one? Yeah, um, obviously Forrest had an absolute shot to the gut uh, last game week where they were leading twice and um, then ended up losing 3-2 to relegation rivals Bournemouth. And not a great one for Leeds either. Leeds also didn't have the best of games. Obviously, Brentford and more importantly, Ivan Tony doing what he does best, getting a hat-trick <laughs> against them. What a them. player. Second highest point scorer in fantasy, Ivan Tony. He's he's a joke. He's but we'll we'll, we'll get, get we'll get onto <laughs> it. We'll get onto it. But yeah, Leeds obviously actually when you look at their underlying stats, they're sixth for XG four with nine point uh nine point four. And their XG against also isn't that bad. And when you look at Forest, their XG against is the worst in the league of thirteen point three. <laughs> and their XG four is six well. I put 16th, you could say 17th because they're joint in this yeah. at 5.5. And you sort of look at that and you go, they've made all these signings. And for me, they're just, they're, they're needing time to gel still. Sure. Um, I've obviously watched Fulham do this a few years ago and it was the exact same thing, but it just never really came through. And mm. I can see the same thing happening at Forest. Yeah. Obviously, um, obviously, your oddball scored last week against Brentford. Yeah, oddball was Sinistera. He scored again last week. Um, I think he's he's an unbelievable player. I mean, the goal was obviously quite fortunate from an XG perspective, but he also gets into those positions. I think Bamford could be back this week as well. Did you yeah. see his miss against Brentford? It, it was almost like a goal line clearance. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, that, that must have been an XG of like, what? Point eight, <laughs> something huge. Um, but Ollie, you're nailed on this week. Yeah. So my nailed on this week actually is going to be Aronson. He's he's just been playing really well this season, and I think with the likes of Sinistera, Harrison, Bamford all around him. Yeah. I think he's sort of the one that picks the ball up, drives it on, and then is also very creative and things, and sits in that number ten role. And just quickly, Forest have got quite enticing fixtures coming up in terms of XG against. I mean, Fulham, I've got 10.6 in 18th. Villa, uh, 15th. And Leicester, 14th. I mean, if you're a, you know, a Brennan Johnson owner, should be exciting. I th- I th- the issue I have, though, is that, yes, Brennan Johnson has been getting goals, but and he's on the penalties, but, I mean, he obviously got points this week just gone because they got a penalty. Yeah. I think with these games coming up, yes, you'd you'd see, you'd see say, a Fulham, you see a Villa, and what, like, especially those two games... They're they're at home, but they're going to be expected to take the game to these teams, and I think that just these teams will just hit them on yeah. the counter, hit them hard, and I mean I'm not sure if they're going to get anything from them. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, moving on though to Southampton against Brentford. Brentford off the back of a magnificent win at home, as you mentioned, Ollie. 
Ivan Tony on fire. Um, hat trick. I mean, with an get him on the plane. Absolute. Um, with an array of goals, really. He's got five goals and two assists this season. Forty-five points. Uh, Wisser has scored twice in a row coming off the bench. Yeah. Which is uh, promising. And Buemo has two goals for the season as well. And Buemo over here. Yeah. So Brentford playing well at the moment. Um, Southampton obviously lost last week to Wolves, which is disappointing. But I think for Southampton, I mean. Che Adams has started his last three uh, and leads the team in XG, an XG of 1.1, an XA of 1.0, uh, which is encouraging. Armstrong has also started the last four, but has a lesser XG in XA. Yeah, Armstrong played against us, and he just terrorised our defence. Not that that's difficult at the moment, <laughs> but um, I, I was at work, so I had this like dodgy stream up, yeah. so I couldn't really see it. It was all pixelated. And I was like, who is that Southampton number nine if they signed someone <laughs> to replace Broger? And then the camera like does a close up. I'm like, it's Adam Bloody Armstrong. But moving forward to this one, I think you know Brentford are in good form right now. Should have Southampton for the taking. I'd expect goals in this one. I've said on previous pods, Brentford when they first came up under Thomas Frank, they're very kind of methodical and calculated, and sort of you know under two point five in most of their games. Yeah. Now like I, I think they've seen like one of the highest goals per game ratios in the division. They're free scoring, but they're conceding as well. Yeah. So I'd expect goals in this one. Yeah, I think he's had a season in the Prem. He's seen it. He knows what he can do. He uh-huh. knows the squad he has really well. Mm-hmm. They've recruited well, obviously, and I think he's quite happy now being in a position where in the last 10 minutes or so of a game he is you going go to start it. throwing players yeah. on and go for the win and it will either lead up to a win he hopes more times than not yeah um but yeah I, there's a player i want to mention actually for brentford that i've been very impressed sure. with this season which is keen lewis potter lewis potter yep yeah, on the left wing isn't it yeah so he has an xg of 0.6 and an expected assist of 0.8. And I quite like, from a fantasy standpoint, those players that have an all right XG, but also an all right expected assist. So you sort of know, hopefully every game week, they're going to get something. It's not like you're only looking for them to score. They're only looking for them to assist. They could do either. Yeah. Um, So I think he's definitely someone who could be in the points as well. I think as well, another another one to mention, um, Damsgaard is in my team. Um, he's been unable to break into the team so far. I mean, I had him as my nail done last week and he got zero points, which was which was good. Um, but, I mean, obviously this accounts for, you know, a few minutes. He has the highest XG per 90 at, at Brentford at 0.64. So he could be one to trade for, potentially. Yeah, considering the free scoring rate that Brentford are scoring. Yeah. Could be, could be a diamond in the rough there. If he gets a good connection as well with Tony, which obviously we saw the rewards for Brentford and Ivan Tony and Ericsson owners last season. Yeah. Um, if they can sort of build that connection like those two had this season, then obviously it's going to be a very profitable person to have in your team. Definitely. Uh, moving on, though, to West Ham against Newcastle. Charles. Yes, West sir. Ham against Newcastle. Brilliant game. Brilliant <laughs> fixture. No, look, West Ham played against Chelsea last week. They had a game plan. It was a sick bat, soak up pressure against a frankly unmotivated and uninspired Chelsea team and hit them on the counter. And that's what they did so effectively for about yeah. 70 minutes. But they still look generally quite edgy going forward, kind of like creating those, apart- those patterns of attacks against the likes of teams of Newcastle. Mm. Um, I would just avoid forwards for West Ham in general. I think there's too much inconsistency there. Antonio did score, but it was a pretty farcical goal, to be honest. Like, <laughs> keeper error from a corner. Yeah. Um, you just don't really know 
who they're going to select up front as well. They've got so many attacking players. Mm. Obviously, you've got Paquetta who's come in, but then Fournals, how did he look Lanzini, against Chelsea? Ben Rama, pardon. How did Paquetta look against Chelsea? Uh, he, he looked quite sharp, yeah. But I, th I think the broader point is that they've got so many of those kind of players who can play behind the striker. Yeah. Um, ben Rama, Lanzini, Fornals, Bowens, uh, Paquetta. You just don't really know where the selection consistency is going to come from. Obviously, they've got Europe to think about as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I would I would refrain from having any West Ham forwards for the immediate future. Definitely. It's been a dreadful start of the season for Skamaka, which has been <laughs> just so sad yeah, for I, my I team. I remember we were in the pub and you picked Skamaka. I was like, no, Ollie, I was going to pick <laughs> him. Like, he's going to explode this season. And sure enough, he's done nothing. He's He's been out with in, with illness for two, three weeks. Now, th well, three game weeks because we, obviously we had the midweek fixtures. Yeah. Um, it's just, what, give him some paracetamol and get him on the pitch. <laughs> like, honestly, like, what are you doing? You need West Ham need to change something. Yeah. He's the obvious person to come in. He's played really well when he has played. Mm. Um, been scoring goals as well in other competitions, sadly. Um so I just think, I mean, he he's a doubt for this game, but I, Antonio obviously scored, so I don't think he'll start, but I, they need something. Yeah. West Ham coming up against an absolute monster in goal of Nick Pope. I know. I mean, oh. Henry's nailed on last Have week. Have you ever seen a goalkeeper wow, get so many points without saving a penalty yeah I don't think yeah. I have I mean that's what this is this brings me on to one of my points I've traded for Newcastle defenders I've finally gone through with it uh, me and Ollie partook yeah. in the trade and I've now got, now got Target and Trippier at the back I think that Newcastle are just very very um, solid in defence especially at home they are ninth in expected goals against but they've already played City and Liverpool which accounted for a 2.7 and a 1.5 expected goals against Pope and goal Shah and Bottman as well at the back I really do like the look of these defenders but this week I think that they'll come undone um, by, from Jared Bowen obviously should have got an assist for a, for a supposed penalty last week this is a potential nailed on for you Will this is this is my nailed on this week Ooh. Jared Bowen I mean, imagine I'm just, trading Jared Bowen away and then him being your nailed part on of, part of my uh, my thinking here is that I've just traded him away he's done nothing all season he's definitely going to score this he's weekend he's going to spite you isn't he he's going to score this weekend against the two Newcastle defenders that I've now got on my team he's going to listen to this tomorrow he is. and be like my god he is. I need to do this for Ollie. yeah literally um, but yeah um, Newcastle have got some injuries Shelby and craft out Bruno Wilson and, and St. Maximan yeah, they, they doubts. Yeah, they a bit light going forwards without Bruno Gamera. Bruno Gamera is frankly their best midfielder. St. Maximan, we know the quality that he offers. Wilson, they, they do look a little bit light going forward at the yeah, moment. Yeah, we'll keep tabs on that. Moving forward though to Liverpool against Wolves. Will? Yeah. Liverpool Wolves always for some reason big fixture in my head but <laughs> why don't know just I've, don't know if there's any history good colour there, clash there it, maybe yeah. I don't know I yeah. just feel like stuff happens in this <laughs> game um, yeah Liverpool obviously nil-nil draw against Everton um, Fabio Cavallio injured which yeah. adds to the the growing injury list for Liverpool I mean they've got Canate, Thiago Oxlade-Chamberlain Henderson Cater. Jones and now Carvalho out, which is concerning. New signing Arthur in. Interestingly enough, Firmino actually came on for, for Carvalho against Everton. Firmino came on and he was brilliant. He seems reinvigorated. Exactly. I don't know how long it will last. They've got players coming. Obviously, Nunes coming back. Yeah. Josh Jota. Back. Yeah. But Firmino, he, he looked really good again. I mean, I think that this game will be very similar to the game against Everton. 
Uh, Wolves, obviously, are very, very poor going forward. They're 14th in expected goals uh, with 5.7. They've scored three goals. They've scored just three goals. I think this is a Liverpool clean sheet, which comes on to drum roll. Okay, here we go. My nailed on segment for today. Um, It's going to be Trent. It's going to be Trent. I think, you know, as you said, it will be quite a cagey game. I don't see Wolves scoring. Yeah. And I can see, as I said, quite a cagey game. Maybe it gets the hour mark without a goal. Yeah. And then you're a Liverpool fan. You think, okay, it's going to come from the fullbacks. Trent, you know, just digging out across the back post. That right-hand side for Liverpool as well. Trent, Salah and Elliot. They yes. are working oh, yeah, they so really well are. together. Dynamic. Fortunately for Wolves, their new signing, Kaladzic. ACL injury in the first half. And did you see about Costa? Yeah, Costa, Diego Costa. Not Brexit not letting him in. But so maybe some Podence pickups. I mean, interestingly enough, when uh, Kaladzic came off injured, they brought on Guedes instead of Huang. Guedes, like we touched upon this last week, he takes up some very attacking positions. Yeah. He's more of like a kind of Mason Mount in that team. Mm, mm. I mean, still some tough fixtures coming up for Wolves. They've got City at home, followed by West Ham away and then Chelsea away. So maybe stick clear of them for a while. Yeah, I've got Johnny in my team and he's just <laughs> going to be sat, sat on the bench for a while. Let's move on to Bournemouth against Brighton. Brighton are absolutely flying right now, Ollie. The derby that's not a derby, but everybody thinks is a derby. <laughs> that's what this game screams to me. And uh, I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking, I say, I mean, I said this last week and I say this every week. Yeah. It's a Brighton clean sheet, surely. <laughs> um, Bournemouth, actually, though, with their new manager after Scott Parker got sacked, have I have seen an improvement, obviously. Yeah. The 3-2 against Forest last week really showed to me like a... They they don't just roll over now like yeah. they they've really got they they seem to back the manager the play or the players at least want to play for the manager. Um, obviously Solanke getting his goal yeah um, and assist and an assist. Uh, I think another player for Bournemouth to look for is Tavernier. I think he's the most likely to get the assist. Really happy for Billings actually. His goal was goal. amazing. Yeah, and he's a player I've been a fan of for a while. Yeah. Um, and I was very happy for him. I wouldn't get him in, but I just wanted to put that just, in there. Just shout him out. And then from a Brighton standpoint, obviously fourth for XG. Love that. Which is amazing. <laughs> Graham Potter. Bring him to the bridge. Um, and then XG against 7.1, sort of top half of the table. Is yeah. that nothing too crazy, but they've had some, you know, tough games. Would you um, trade high on your Brighton players right now? If I were a, a McAllister owner, I would personally get rid of him. The reason why I, I've been there and done that with McAllister. He always has a decent start to the season. He's on penalties and set pieces, and there's no doubt he's brilliant at them. But I've kind of been there with McAllister. He'll have like sort of like an 11-pointer, 6-pointer, 14-pointer, yeah. and then he will do nothing else for the rest of the season. Mm. I think the main man in that Brighton team is Pascal Gross. I think I think it's a very good point that you bring that bring up there, Charles, of he's on penalties, and I think that is yeah. almost... It's like when Fabinho was on penalties for Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, Salah it, it's, sort of, it's sort of... And bon- Henry was like, I'm picking up yeah. Fabinho. <laughs> like, Salah's coming back. <laughs> he's a threat from corners. <laughs> it's like it, it just bolsters his... XG, it bolsters yeah. his points and everything. And I, I don't see it. You can't rely on Brighton winning a penalty every game as a McAllister owner, really. Yeah, mm. as I said, McAllister's done this, like, it's probably the third time he's had, like, a real kind of, like, yeah. you know, spurt of points, but then he'll just do nothing. For I mean, the next after this, Brighton have got Palace at home, followed by Liverpool away in Spurs. So maybe it's a good difficult. time. I mean, that being said, they are very good, good against top teams. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the final questions, though. 
Right, so just quickly covering the nailed on segment. Um, last week's results: Ollie Estupinian didn't even start. Didn't start. Brilliant. Uh, me, son, nothing. Didn't start. Yeah. And uh, as we mentioned, Henry had Nick Pope with twelve, 12 points. Twelve points really carried us. That's that got to be a hall of fame. <laughs> yeah, twelve. And he didn't save a penalty. I can't stress that. <laughs> Absolute madness. Uh, but let's move on to the finishing questions. Charles. Yes, sir. Who has got you up this week? Going to go with Kane, a goal, but more importantly, and I'd like to kind of discuss this as a broader topic, right. three bonus points. So I was playing Tim this week, a close kind of like second versus third, yeah. and I was struggling. Okay. But then three of my players picked up bonus points. Tiago Silva got three, despite the fact he didn't even keep a clean sheet. How did a, that happen? He got an assist oh. for Ben Chilwell. It was just a long ball oh, forward, yeah. unfortunate goal. Picks up three bonus points. <laughs> In Burmo... Brentford scored two. five goals. In Burmo, scored one of those goals. No assists. Picks up two bonus points. Yeah. And Kane, one goal. Picks up three bonus points. And I I end up beating Tim by like five points. So it's all <laughs> thanks to bonus points. I don't know how they're calculated. I don't know. that There is a science to it. It's not just kind of like some intern going, yeah, he can have three. <laughs> but, there, is a points, there is a points index. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how to kind of like translate that into advice. Just kind of like pick match winners. Because like these yeah. bonus points, like three bonus points for you know getting an assist that's like a, when a midfielder gets an assist I feel like that. yeah they love it when defenders especially get involved yeah. in attack like yeah. like I remember Zinchenko first game of the season got three bonus points because of that assist just because that header yeah and like Thiago Silva is a magnet for bonus points I mean having him last year was an absolute blessing mm. um, but yeah it's a good point Charles mm. um, Ollie, who has got you up this week it's Matt Target I had a pretty poor week this week I'm not gonna lie I got 26 points and he got me 6 points with a clean sheet at Palace at home. So, even though I've got rid of him... You have. You know, he's bowed out. Welcome to my team. Well done, mate. You've done well. You've you've served me good the first six weeks. (laughs) But off you go, and I wish you not well. (laughs) Will, who's got you up this week? Uh, I'm going for Bukayo Saka. I mean, I've been... I mean, obviously, he got his goal against United, and he was very, very... um, potent against United and I've been saying on the pod for weeks like uh, he still it's not like he's been left out on the side of the pitch not getting involved in the game he's still very much involved in the game he might not have that finishing touch yet but um, yeah just stick with him guys I mean if you were to try and trade for him I think it'd be a bit late late now but I think he's going to have a great season still Uh, Charles who's got you down this week? Going to go Joel Matip Um, (laughs) I've been we've kind of like had this debate of who's going to be that centre-back next to Van Dijk Gomez starts in the Merseyside. I decided to put Matip in. He's been rotting on my bench because he's been injured and he doesn't play. I'm like, okay, no worries. I'll have defenders to come on. To make things worse, he gets stubbed on in the 80th minute. <laughs> so it picks me up one point. But um, I, I was talking to my brother, of all people, who's a big Liverpool fan. I'm not sure how I've allowed that to happen. And I said, when Matip's back in full fitness, who's going to be starting next to Van Dijk? And he's convinced it's Matip. So I'm going to hold his word to that. Yeah. But I mean, um, I'm a little bit concerned about Matip <laughs> honest, at the moment. If I'm completely honest, the only person who says it's Gomez is Ollie, but yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, it just so but I'm, I'm so here. here for it though. I'm so here for it. I, I've been saying it before <laughs> the season started. He's starting centre back along Van Dyke. How long do I have to bang this drum before people realise? No, you're right, Ollie. Uh, Ollie, who's got you down this week? It's the other person I gave to you. Is Riyad Mahrez. Oh. Now, I just want to give. It's not even just this week. I want to dive into the numbers of this man. All right, hit me. Of one, three, zero, two, four, one points so far. Minutes played, two, ninety, zero, sixty, thirty-five, seventeen. Yeah. 
<laughs> he's been nowhere. I like I I got him because he was a great player for me last season and really really like especially went on a run where he was just getting double points every week even if he wasn't starting he'd yeah. sub on score this season though i don't know what's happened mm. um so he really got me down this week i just thought he, i've got to, got to get him get him out to get be honest out. it's a long term investment for me i know yeah. that he is up and down but i know that when he hits form it's he's the best player in, in fantasy essentially yeah that that is true but i just you know with, yeah, that, with that run of points, yeah, you can't. It do that. just really got to me, <laughs> and I was like, "Nah, I just need him gone." Will, who's got you down this week? I mentioned it on the on the episode. Um, Dam's got zero points, uh, not just zero points for not playing. He came on for the last ten minutes or so and got a yellow card, <laughs> which I mean, I don't know how you do when you're three goals up. Yeah, Dam's got. I, I, I'm as I mentioned, I am still very hopeful that he's going to solidify his position in the starting lineup. It's just a matter of time, I hope. First win of the season for you, though, Will. First win of the season. I know. I'm not too down. I mean, I, and I'm also in second bottom, so I should get Anthony. Mm. So things are things are looking all right. On that Sh- note, Will, who is top of your waiver? It is Anthony, as I mentioned. I mean, we can talk about his performance. I mean, I think he was... He looked okay. okay. I mean, he subbed off quite early. Yeah, I assume that was match fitness wise. But I mean, he looked he looked decent. I mean, I, I can't really say that he jumped out to me. I mean, if he, did, if he didn't score that goal, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I yeah, don't know how much likewise. of it I'd be blown away. But like, I think as we mentioned earlier, Ten Hag's kind of like coached that uh, three behind the striker to yeah. get into really good positions. Exactly, Charles. Who's top of your waiver? Gonna go Wisser. Two goals in the last two appearances for Brentford. Um, doesn't even start for them, but mm. my midfield is just starving for someone who can score goals. Yeah. Uh, Lingard, Odegaard, Jensen, Eriksen and Jorginho. Ouch. I just need someone to kind of like pick up games from the scruff of the neck. Yeah, yeah. I need someone to pick games by the scruff of the neck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, yeah, just pick up some points. Ollie, who is top of your waiver? Another midfielder, but a Newcastle midfielder. In Miguel Almiron nice. plays in that front three. I think with Isaac trying to adapt to the league and Wilson obviously out, um, St. Maximan out, I think Newcastle will be looking for him to provide more assists and more, especially more goals if they're going to win some games. Yeah. So I think he's going to take a lot more responsibility going forward. And I think with West Ham away, Bournemouth at home and Fulham away, they are quite favourable fixtures for Almiron to be getting in the points. Nice. Uh, Charles, what matchup are you looking forward to this week? I've said it for the past few episodes, but it's going to be Arsenal at home to Everton. My Arsenal players at yeah. Odegaard and Jesus. Um, I just think they're going to do bits. Um, j- just briefly on Jesus, scored 19 points in the second game week, mm. has picked up just one goal in four games since then. I've got a friend who's a Manchester City fan. He says, yeah, Jesus does it a lot. He'll have this little spurt. Like, remember when he scored four goals yeah. last season? But then he'll go sort of under the radar a little bit. So I'm just wondering if his value is as high as it was at the start of the season. I don't think there's anything to worry about, honestly. I mean, I, I was speaking to someone the other week uh, about normal FPL, and he was asking me why Jesus was playing so badly. And I mean, I just looked at him in disbelief. <laughs> like, clearly hasn't been watching it. I, I think he'll be fine. Honestly, like, strikers go up and down. and But it's not like he's, his performances have dropped no, off no, at all. No, no, it's the thing. Like, his performances are very good. Um, but you ha- might have a point there. Um, Ollie, what matchup are you looking forward to this week? Saturday, 12.30, at the Cottage, Fulham-Chelsea. It's the big London derby, especially within our friendship. Well, for me, in our friendship group. Um, I'm obviously an Andreas owner. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking 
with the recent sacking of Thomas Tuchel today, Chelsea having played midweek as well, uh-huh. um, obviously out of form. So I'm thinking Fulham's had a week at looking at that Chelsea team. I'm thinking Andreas Pereira getting an assist, maybe getting a goal. And um, yeah, I think he'll get some points. Will, what matchups has got you excited this week? Charles mentioned Arsenal at home to Everton. I'm also going to go for Saka at home against Everton. Uh, as I mentioned on the pod, I don't really understand uh, the the slander against Saka recently. I think he's been very good. He um, just has just lacked that finishing touch. Um, obviously, that came against United. One thing um, to mention is that I just wonder how they will do against Everton, who will obviously sit back and hit us on the counter. But I think Saka at home against Everton for me. Charles, what yes, have you sir. learnt this week? We touched upon it briefly, but just the importance of bonus points. It's yeah. literally what won me my game week. Yeah. Those, those, I think, eight bonus points I got overall. Um, I don't know how to kind of like, you know, channel that into scientific advice, but just pick match winners, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, if any of them haven't been picked up yet. It's the worst feeling when you lose someone based off bonus yeah, points. It's yeah. infuriating. Uh, Ollie, what have you learned this week? I've learned that you can indeed do deals with Mr. Corsellis. <laughs> um Obviously, we had our trade this week where I gave him Mares and Target for Bowen and uh, Davis of Spurs. And I did a sort of deep dive because I've got two um, Brighton defenders into when they have tough fixtures, me having Loris and then another Spurs defender now, what yeah. sorts of fixtures do they have? And it turned out whenever Brighton were playing one of the, the big teams or tough teams where I wouldn't feel too comfortable starting the pair of them. Yeah. Spurs were playing very nice opponents. So I thought, do you know what? I'm always going to have two defenders and a goalkeeper at least yeah. playing against a favourable opposition. So when you're doing your trades, have a quick look. Foresight. Yeah. Mm. Um, Will, what have you learned this week? Uh, as mentioned, I've I've learned that I've hedged my bet to the Newcastle defence. Um, I feel like my team's finally got some identity behind it. I mean, identity and it's coming black out. Black and white. It's black and white, and then uh, and then two Liverpool defenders as well, and then an Arsenal defender. So I'm pretty happy with that as a basis to my team. Uh, anyway, guys, Ollie, thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Charles. Always a pleasure, Will. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Check out the Twitter at ewg underscore podcast. Recently hit 400 followers, but on the road to 500. Um, good luck in your draft matchup this week, and see you again next week. Bye. Bye.